Hello there, C-Note here. Welcome to Dopamine. I'm your host, C-Note, aka Christian Rivera. And today on the show, I want to talk about what does psychological health and unhealth really mean? And just, uh, I'm mostly in the lens of Myers-Briggs, but you can think of it in the lens of Enneagram or other, any other personality type system. Uh, what does psychological health and unhealth really mean? So you've probably heard it throughout uh, Reddit or Quora or Twitter or Facebook where anybody's talking about personality stuff. And sometimes you see people talking about the differences between like what makes someone healthy and unhealthy of a particular type. So healthier and unhealthy INTP, for example. And while this channel is mostly about INTPs. This is generally about psychological health and unhealth. And this does apply to INTPs. And I'll probably do an INTP one, particularly in the future. But if you go to our website at dopeintp.com and pick up our INTP empowerment guide and the launch kit, those cover some health and unhealth stuff related to INTPs to kind of figure out where you are if you are a healthy or unhealthy example of your personality type as an INTP. So let's start with unhealth. What does it mean to be an unhealthy person as in, as whatever personality type you are? Uh, first of all, it's, it's just operating under your pre-programmed bias as a human being, meaning that we have influences all around us. We are influenced by our parents, our friends, our teachers, uh, by what's on TV, by what movies we've seen, uh, by the things that we like, by whatever we've appreciated in life. And it's one thing to be aware of what you know and love and appreciate and have done in your life. It's another thing to not be aware of how you are programmed as a person. And you know, this is not easy. This is hard to be aware of uh, your unconscious tendencies, this unconscious desire for you to to seek uh, all the things that you want and to do it in a way that is not really honoring who you are as a person. That's really the idea of personality is to get to know not even just the essence of who you are, but the mask that you've been wearing throughout your life until the point you started to learn about personality, right? So personality in a lot of ways, especially as described in the Enneagram, is, is that mask that we wear around other people, around, uh, you know, in, in who we think we are <laughs> uh, based on what we've been taught to be, you know? Um, it's kind of the simple idea of looking at, uh, let's say, gender, for example, and thinking that you know, blue is always about boys and pink is always about girls. Like that's a human programmed thing. That's something we agreed upon. That's not something that is inherent. That's not something that is, uh, objective and, um, understanding those things, uh, can help you to start to get past that feeling of, of being unhealthy. But if you're kind of operating in like that automatic programmed kind of way, that's typically a sign of being an, un an unhealthy person or operating in your unconscious mind and um, just letting yourself react to everything as opposed to responding to things. So reacting, meaning, you know, someone did something to you and you're just like freaking out at them right away instead of taking a moment to breathe, to be aware of your tendency, to be aware of their tendency, to be aware of, of, 
of the response that you have, the reaction that you have, and instead just reacting or just bulldozing or just uh, trying to impose your will and make sure that um, uh, and, and make sure that, you know, you get your way <laughs> regardless of the situation. Um, the next would be self-awareness with no action. And I know a lot of uh, my millennial friends can sometimes have issues with this. As a generation, it feels that millennials have uh, a bit of a difficulty with this. There's a lot of self-awareness, but no desire to fix it. Uh, it's one thing to be aware of your emotional intensity or how you help people or how you want to be seen as a good person or how you want to just stay positive all the time and how that's affecting your life, but then not doing the other side of it and actually trying to improve your life, not wanting to fix your problems, not wanting to eat better so that you don't feel like a hot piece of garbage. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's one thing to make jokes about how you feel, jokes about your own behavior, jokes about self-awareness. It's another thing to do something about it and not doing something about it or not at least uh, not trying to, um, just dismiss it as a joke is something that is going to be a little bit healthier. So, uh, so the unhealthy side of it is just making a joke out of it. It's just dismissing it. It's just, um, uh, not taking yourself and your self-awareness seriously. Uh, deflects or avoids responsibility. Very similar to deflecting and just pushing uh, the self-awareness as a joke. It's sort of like blaming others all the time. It's the idea of, of um, making other people the catalyst or the, pro or the scapegoat. You know, it's you never do anything wrong. You're always perfect. Uh, you're always deflecting or responsibility. It's always someone else is the problem. Everyone else is an idiot. Everyone else is this or that or whatever. I'm doing all the right things and everyone else sucks. Um, you know, our life is our responsibility. And if everything else, it's kind of like um, if a if you're a teacher and the entire class is failing, everyone around you is failing, you're fine, but everyone else is failing. Maybe there's something, some impact that you're having on that. And that's a part of your responsibility as well. Um, so avoiding responsibility, deflecting responsibility is a pretty good sign of unhealth. And I think it's pretty easy to spot that type of person who is just not just, just like, it's always someone else. It's always, there's always someone to blame. There's always someone else causing a problem. Um, and, and conversely, you know, give, making yourself the problem and giving up too easily is also equally unhealthy, meaning taking on too much responsibility or making everything emotionally about you or intellectually about you and doing it the opposite and saying that I am always hyper responsible. I am always the person that is in charge. I am responsible for everyone else's well-being. If everyone else is failing, that's my fault. And that's equally as, as unhealthy. That's not helpful to, um, to, to put everything on you at the same time. So avoiding responsibility is just as bad as taking on too much responsibility. It's a balance, uh, as all things are. And um, I don't have this on the list, but it's coming up in my mind right now, is, is the idea of 
being equally too positive, too pessimistic, or too optimistic, or too pessimistic. And both of those are basically avoiding reality, right? It's the idea of, of having such a positive spin on it, like putting a positive spin on everything or putting a negative spin on everything as a way of deflecting from the reality of what it is. Usually most things that are, you know, reality is just neutral. Like this is a computer screen. If I say it's the greatest computer screen ever, it's like, that may not be true. <laughs> um, or if I say this is the worst computer screen ever and it's terrible and it's always causing me problems, that may not also be true. That may be an interpretation um, based on what's making my ego feel good about what I feel is missing or what is worth complaining about or not wanting to look at what's missing or not wanting to make anything better and just hyper accepting <laughs> uh, uh, what's around me. Um, so another, uh, another unhealth thing is always wants to always wants a magic pill or a quick fix, always looking for shortcuts. Um, this is typically what, you know, I see in coaching. A lot of the times when someone comes to me for coaching or trying to learn about their personality type or trying to get some help in the, in the world of relationships or career, I feel like every time I get questions about careers for INTPs, for example, I feel like someone wants me to just tell them to be an engineer and, 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 and just like wave a magic wand and make it happen. You are an engineer now. <laughs> and like, that's not how it works. Everything takes work. Everything takes uh, focus and attention and time, right? Uh, there is typically not a magic pill for most things. Uh, so that involves just, uh, I think accepting that is important for transitioning that from unhealth to health and really being able to see that, um, you know, shortcuts are typically going to have consequences and someone who's always seeking shortcuts and always trying to speed life along or try to get to the end goal, uh, without enjoying the journey is, um, is, is typically practicing, uh, some unhealthy tendencies. We've got two more. Um, it's, uh, the first one is, becoming attached or too attached to a singular identity. Now this, this could be, uh, as extreme as a, uh, ideology that causes you to hurt people, or it could be just seeing yourself as just an INTP and nothing else, or just an Enneagram five or an Enneagram one and nothing else. Right. And morphing and taking your identity as that and staying there, right? So this, this could apply to race. This could apply to your gender or your age or anything like that. And try to take something that you know about yourself or you figured out about yourself and trying to make that your singular identity. Even if it's just like your favorite sports team, like that's your entire identity is to be a Phillies fan. Um, and, and that's not only boring, but sometimes can be dangerous because when somebody attaches so much to a singular identity, to who they are as a person, then that's the thing that they have to defend because that's who they are. That's everything their ego is attached to. And that could lead to hurting people. That could lead to doing things that are absolutely terrifyingly dangerous, which is why I talk about 
dynamic personality on this channel all the time. That's the idea of we're always growing and moving and shifting and changing. And as humans, we're always trying to cling to crystallization. We're always trying to make the moment stop. It's like, I'm, I'm not feeling anxious right now. Can I just be this forever? You know, the birds are chirping. It's so lovely. Can it just be this forever? I'm playing video games. Can it just be this forever? And that trying to cling to this forever, especially as INTPs with that tertiary SI, when we start to try to cling to a moment or try to cling to a, a, a lack of movements or cling to a routine or cling to an identity, then life becomes stale and we're trying to brace against the tide of life. It's kind of like there's a hurricane coming through all the time and you're trying to brace against it constantly. Not only is that strenuous, um, it is psychologically uh, damaging and could do some real damage to your life if you're trying so hard to stay in one spot and mourning the past all the time or creating fear around the future to keep you from going into the future. Um, a lot of that is really what comes out of this sort of thing. Um, and then lastly, uh, an unhealthy person tends to ruin the vibe a lot. <laughs> so if you're, if you're in a room with people and you're having a good time and you just tend to bring up the most pessimistic thing possible, or you're trying to be antithetical or contrarian to what people are saying, or you are um, showing up in a situation uh, out of left field with some bit of knowledge or, uh, you know, not the right timing for how to say something to people. Um, sometimes that could be a sign of unhealth. Depends, right? Because like sometimes, sometimes you're just learning, sometimes you're just young. Um, so the difference between being a young person and being unhealthy is typically uh, staying where you are and being stubborn about it right? Like any of these things, if you're just learning and you're stumbling and you kind of make mistakes sometimes, like don't beat yourself up about it. But if you continue to make these mistakes, like I said about being self-aware, but not doing anything about it, making jokes about like, I don't know, not waking up at a certain time or I don't know, whatever. If you're making jokes about how you ruin the vibe all the time <laughs> um, and not making active steps to try to fix it, that's really the unhealthy side of it. Not trying, I think, is kind of more of the unhealthy side of it. Trying too much is also unhealthy. As an Enneagram One, I know that as well. Trying way, way too hard to be way too comprehensive <laughs> with my list and um, uh, trying to be trying to, you know, maybe even trying to insert myself into a situation where I don't belong can sometimes be a bit of unhealth as well. So let's talk about a couple of healthy traits and what to aspire to. Because even if you're identifying with some of the unhealthy stuff, I'm not calling you a bad person. I'm not saying you're wrong or underdeveloped or anything like that. Like we're growing as humans all the time. We're dynamic, we're ever changing. And we can really only tackle these things one at a time right? It takes time to grow. So don't beat yourself up. Just, this is just about awareness. This is not about judgment. Just be aware of there, if there's something that you're doing, what can we do to fix it? Um, so health, uh, resilience, not being easily threatened or triggered by things. Now there are things that we can't control. You know, there are triggers that, that, that are happening in our life all the time. Um, even little things, and then sometimes big things. We have traumas. We have things we have to work through. But again, the difference here is 
is resilience. It's not being able to have a conversation because someone says a particular word. That's that's not being triggered. That's a lack of resilience. Like you can be triggered and still make it through a conversation and then talk about it after the conversation or in the conversation. But as soon as someone says a word and you have to like storm out of the room, that's that's a lack of resilience. That's a different thing. So being able to be resilient to not necessarily tolerate every little judgment or thing that someone says, but being able to hold space for your turn to speak about it or to just be honest about how you feel instead of making it about the other person and them being awful or saying the wrong thing. Practicing resilience is taking a breath and being able to, again, not react, but respond. Like, okay, I appreciate what you said, but you know, the word means something to me, or this is what came up for me. And just being honest about that experience instead of trying to, you know, control others' words or anything like that. Um, so just as I said, self-awareness without action, self-awareness with action is typically more of a healthy trait. And it doesn't mean that you've fixed your problems. It could just mean that you're on the road to doing that. You know, whether you're trying to read books or you're trying to practice certain exercises that uh, improve your physical health or your mental health, um, you're aware that there's something within you that could use some, I don't want to say the word improvement, that's such an Enneagram One thing for me to say, but something that um, you're trying to do less harm with or something you're trying to be more responsive with as opposed to reactive, right? So self-awareness not just as a dismissive joke, but self-awareness as honest awareness without judgment to figure out what to do next. Responsibility, taking responsibility, just saying, hey, I did that. That was my bad. Or this is something I've got to do. This is something I've got to handle. Uh, taking responsibility is powerful too. I'm not going to, I mean, we've already covered that a little bit. So you get the idea. Um, accepting of duality meaning that multiple things can be true. And I don't mean just in a TI way. I mean emotionally. I mean um, paradoxically in life. You know, there can be people that simultaneously are smart who have different ideologies. There are people who are religious or not religious that can both equally find enlightenment. There are, uh, you know, different circumstances in which two or more things can be true at the same time, even within one person, you know, and that's not just about paradoxes and seeing it as a negative thing, but I could be simultaneously making myself better and also making myself worse at the same time in other areas, right? Um, there's, there's a duality to life often, and I don't mean extremes. I don't mean black and white thinking, but I mean two separate nodes or three separate nodes or different ideas that don't necessarily interact with each other or don't negate each other. And that's really what I'm saying is like, just because I say yes to something doesn't automatically mean no to something else. Right. So if I make a judgment about Democrats, that doesn't mean I'm a Republican. Or if I make a judgment about a Republican, it doesn't mean I'm a Democrat. Right. It's kind of the duality of being able to uh, to to be able to stand on 
two different pillars at the same time or more or somewhere else completely, right? It's, it's, it's the, it's really not making assumptions at the end of the day. And the, the four agreements, which is a powerful book, um, not making assumptions is one of the four agreements. And that's one of the, um, more powerful things in my opinion about that is just when you start to not make assumptions, you start to let go of that duality. You don't take things personally. Uh, you do the best you can. And, uh, I always forget the fourth one, <laughs> but, but, you know, um, speaking of doing the best you can, a, a willingness to try, you know, it, it kind of fits with resilience. It kind of fits with responsibility. It's just a willingness to put an effort, a willingness to, um, to at least give it your best and giving your best doesn't mean better than your best. It doesn't mean judging yourself for push for, for a lack of pushing or accepting or, or, ex, or expecting rather yourself to push more than you can, you know, doing what you can. That means with my own mental illness and accepting and understanding my limitations, still being willing to try despite those limitations. So at the same time, not pushing too hard, but not letting myself go too too much either, right? It's um, like as an Enneagram one, my, one of my growth paths is to let go, is to try a little bit less, right? And to not worry about being perfect, you know, not worrying about the lighting being too perfect, my hat being on perfectly straight or whatever. It really doesn't matter. It, like while I fix my hat, right? Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's... It's not, it's, it's not caring so much about all of these little details that really don't mean anything, but at the same time, not letting go to the point where I'm only playing video games and I'm not making money or doing what I need to do to, to handle my responsibilities. So it's a balance. And that's the duality that I'm talking about is, is balancing better. Um, and, and being willing to try from, for, so for me, what I'm trying to do is to work less. <laughs> That's why I'm taking seasonal breaks for this podcast and this YouTube channel. I'm trying to play more video games in my personal life, um, trying to not overwork myself, trying to listen to my physical needs and trying to improve that because that's really what I need for myself uh, to, to grow as a person. Uh, a few more things. Seeing people as they are. And um, that's really, really hard because we're constantly filtering our experiences and everything through the lens of our psyche, through our programming, through our personality, through our ways of understanding the world, right? So that's why I talk about like, you know, objectivity is not really a thing if it's through the lens of the human experience, at least. There's probably an objectivity that, that exists, but, you know, as far as we know, we're seeing everything through our brains and through our eyeballs, right? Everything is being experienced through our senses, through our nerve endings, through uh, our, our heart reacting, through our brain reacting, through the rest of our body reacting to our environment. We're getting various signals, not only through what the experience actually is, but then being reinterpreted through our past experiences and our imaginations and our stories that we tell ourselves. So it's really hard to see people as they are because we can barely see ourselves as we are. <laughs> uh, it's really hard to figure out who you are, how you instinctively react to something 
and um, doing so without judgment. And again, that's really what it's all about is seeing people as they are without judgment, like just noticing, okay, this person does this, they do that. Okay. That makes sense. Um, or this person's more of an emotional person that doesn't make them stupid or doesn't make them uh, uh, any less than me. That's just who they are and what they do, right? It's it's just accepting that. And accepting does not mean uh, it, it does not mean condoning, right? If someone is is being an awful person, accepting that they've done that or or, or who they are uh, uh, previous to that action accepting that maybe they did this thing or, or that they've had lapses in judgment. It, it does not mean that you're agreeing with what they do. It doesn't say that you're, you're going to do that too, or that you're, you're okay with it. It just means that you understand it. And very similar to how INTPs want validation for what makes sense, uh, for, for, for what they're saying makes sense. INFPs also want this validation for what they're feeling, if that makes sense. Um, you know, it's like being able to understand that people are what they are. I, I hope that makes sense. I, <laughs> I just, I wasn't thinking about that very clearly. Um, and then the last two kind of work in tandem together. It's presence and patience. Presence being... Being in the moment, like I talked about our stories and our memories and our imaginations. Stories and memories typically refer to our past and our programming and everything that we've um, kind of absorbed and built into ourselves throughout our lives. And then the other side of that is the imaginations and fears about the future. And Eckhart Tolle talks about in The Power of Now how there are no problems in the present, like if I'm able to focus on this moment, I see the camera in front of me. I hear the low murmur of the refrigerator downstairs. I hear the uh, the birds next to the window here. Uh, I see the colors. I, I'm just in this exact moment. I'm not thinking about my past. I'm not thinking about the story is about who I am or what I am. I'm not thinking about the future. I'm not thinking about politics. I'm not thinking about Twitter. I'm not thinking about the world. I'm just here in this moment. I'm present. I'm with you. And there's no problems. There's nothing wrong. All of the problems that we have are related to the past or the future. Some anxiety, something that we're looking forward to, but maybe not admitting to ourselves that we're excited about, or something that we're just nervous about, uh, or, or something that um, we haven't resolved with in our past related to family. Uh, who's not even in front of you right now, right? <laughs> uh, it, it's literally what's in front of you right now. The camera is in front of me and uh, you are watching this and I appreciate you for being here and presence and patience as a result of presence really helps for your mind to be calm, for you to be aware of the moments without judging the moment and therefore being able to start to judge, to, to look at people without judging them or to look at situations in the moment without judging them. Have you ever just looked at a person and be like, that's rad that you exist. It's rad that uh, we're able to breathe air and be on a planet <laughs> and have a clear sky and uh, to get energy from the sun and from food and uh, all of this stuff, right? It's like 
for me, patience comes from being present. If I can be present, then I can be patient in pretty much any situation. If I'm waiting in line at the grocery store and I just take a moment to look around <clears throat> and be aware of like, well, this is pretty incredible that I can just get groceries and pay for it and I don't have to forage and I don't have to hunt and I don't have to do all this other stuff. Um, and where I can just like look at the label on a beef jerky <laughs> and just look at the colors or something and just be able to be with the moment. Um, you know, that really helps me to be patient for whatever situation comes my way. And patience, I think, is one of the most valuable tools for anyone to remain psychologically healthy. So this has been a long podcast episode uh, slash YouTube video, but I hope this helps to understand some of the differences between unhealthy personality traits and not really traits, but personality growth and uh, healthy personality growth and really get the sense of what people are talking about when they say healthy or unhealthy personality types. Um, when in essence, it's really more about general psychology and, um, <clears throat> and, uh, Sometimes it's more spiritual, sometimes it's about your body, sometimes it's emotional, sometimes it is about your thoughts. But balancing between all of those things, uh, taking responsibility, you know, living a non-dual life, uh, being patient and being present, I think are some powerful things that uh, you can at least strive towards to become a more healthy psychological person. So I got 30 seconds left in this recording. I appreciate you. Uh, go to dopeintp.com if you want to check out my courses and programs <clears throat> there. We've got uh, more podcast episodes and the um, uh, uh, articles as well. So I have been C-Note, a.k.a. Chris Rivera. I appreciate you. Take care of yourself, and I'll catch you next time on Dope. See ya. me 48 hours correspondent Erin Moriarty on my podcast My Life of Crime as I take on true crime investigations like no other. This season I'm looking into the labyrinth of crime and secrets within families. I'm cutting straight to the evidence and talking to the people directly involved including investigators and the families of victims. Listen to My Life of Crime with Erin Moriarty wherever you get your podcasts. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. 
Inspired by the life of the savvy and ambitious Colombian businesswoman Griselda Blanco comes a new Netflix original limited series. Griselda tells the story of a devoted mother who, with her lethal blend of charm and relentless savagery, creates one of the most powerful cartels in history. Witness Sofia Vergara's captivating transformation into the godmother of the underworld. Griselda, now streaming only on Netflix. This has been a C-Note Media Production.